Welcome to Iron Sharpens Iron, a program by Catholic men for Catholic men. Uh, This program is produced uh, by Catholic Men's Ministry here in the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio, and Fathers of St. Joseph in cooperation with St. Gabriel Radio. My name is Matt Palmer. I'm with Catholic Men's Ministry and just really excited to be here this morning with my co-host, Devin Schad, Fathers of St. Joseph. Devin, good morning, my brother. Good morning, Matt. How was Thanksgiving? Was it awesome? Awesome. Excellent. Great family gathering, no fights, no brawls. Very good. <laughs> good for you. We had two new grandbabies born within 10 days of each other, so we're uh, we're celebrating in our family as well. And, uh, wow. Yep, yeah, pretty awesome. And listeners, we are joined by a really special guest, a dear young brother in Christ, friend of mine, Mitch Wilson, here in the Diocese of Columbus. Mitch, good morning, brother. Thanks for having me, Matt. Looking forward to this. We're so excited to have you. Thanks Happy so much. Yep. Yeah. Devin, would you open us in prayer, and then we'll get started uh, getting to know Mitch a little bit here. Yeah, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. God, our Father, we come to you in the person, the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, in his faith. We beg you that you would give us a boldness and a courageousness, an unwavering trust in you to be able to offer ourselves to you, as Romans says, as holy and living sacrifice unto you. God, we ask you to be with us right now. Pour forth your Holy Spirit into our hearts. And Lord, just help us to live our lives completely for you and to not bow down to fear or the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And Mama Amen. Mary and St. Joseph, pray for us. Pray for us. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, men that are listening, we are. Um, this is a show, a program that is really all about um, having conversations with men across the country that are really living out our Catholic faith in dynamic ways, um, powerful disciples for our Lord. And, and in Mitch Wilson, we have uh, a, a, a great example of that. So um, as always, Mitch, we, we begin with just inviting you to share a little bit with our listeners about um, your faith journey. So kind of, you know, growing up where you grew up and a little bit about your family and, sure. uh, you know, school years. And, but as you, as you talk about that, kind of share with us, uh, points along the way where faith was awakening in you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Oh, great. I love talking about this. So thanks for asking. This is great. So I grew up actually in San Diego, California, so mm-hmm. not uh, Columbus, Ohio, where we are today. Um, my parents are both originally from Ohio, but my dad was so sick of the permacloud that descends about this time every year uh, <laughs> that he wanted to get out and see the rest of the world. So he graduated from Kent State, goes out to uh, San Diego to start his life. He's dating my mom at the time, who's very green. Greek Orthodox. So if you've ever seen my big fat Greek wedding, everything in that movie is true. Like my papu, he's 95. He uses Windex on everything. My Aya's name was Tula. It's all true. So when she moved out to go and date this guy who was Catholic, really in name only, it was a big, you know, disruption in the Greek Orthodox world. And they were both kind of church hopping at the time. So my dad uh, he, he was kind of searching in his faith. My mom came from a, a culture where it was kind of more focused on the Greek heritage than the faith component. And so she was wanting more in that category. So uh, when I was born, we were church hopping. And so I was actually baptized in a Presbyterian church in Southern California. And uh, God would later use that in his ecumenical calling kind of uh, later to build bridges, uh, which we'll get to soon. Um, 
So we're church hopping in 2001 as a family, me and my younger two siblings, we, we go into a Catholic church uh, after a while of searching. And it felt familiar to my dad and my mom being more Orthodox than a lot of the Protestant churches we were going to. And the priest that was there was amazing. Father Kelly welcomed us in, took us to his house, had dinner, answered all my parents' questions, and we just really felt like home there. So I was cradle Catholic since 2001, more or less. So I was born in 94. And so, um, it, going to mass was important, but I actively avoided youth group. It was, it was one of those things where I was constantly looking to have some fun with my friends, going to the beach, riding bikes around town, but going to the silly, you know, really, uh, goofy youth groups and things. I just, I didn't have an appeal to it. Um, I think I saw at least in high school that there, the same people that were going to youth group and doing this faith thing we're not exactly living that out in every other category. And so there was this this false front that was being put up that I just didn't want to be associated with, I think was what was going on. Um, and so that's the way it stayed till college. Until my freshman year at Ohio State, I was in Newark with my wrestling buddy from high school. And uh, I was coming home on the weekends because it's a bit of a commuter campus uh, to Pickerington. And, and then our first day of Holy, uh, let's see, the first Holy Day of Obligation came around. It was All Saints Day 10 years ago. So all, almost exactly 10 years ago today, uh, we... I recognized that this was a holy day of obligation. I'm going to go to mass on my own for the first time. And so I get dressed up. I'm walking in like a million, feeling like a million bucks. You know, the older church leaders looking to look at this nice young Catholic boy, you know, and I'm at St. Francis de Sales and all of a sudden they have this long procession, you know, and so the procession comes down around and then it, as it's going down and passes me in the center aisle, I just start crying and I'm going, I was just like everybody look at me i'm a good kid and then all of a sudden i'm going nobody look at me because i don't know what's going on and about the time of the consecration i realized that i prayed god i've never taken this upon my own and i am so sorry that i've just rode on my parents you know my parents faith and so i came home a little rattled and my roommate starts asking me questions he's like why'd you go to church you know why do you believe this catholic stuff he looked up online that the catholic church is a cult all this stuff he had all these normal questions that I couldn't answer because I never took this upon myself. And so I stayed up all night talking to him, researching questions. And my mom, who's prayed for me every day of her life, uh, I come home on the weekend and she starts to see, whoa, what's going on in you? You know, there's something going on. She hears about SPO uh, through her Bible study and says, hey, there's this group of young, good guys on campus. They might have a cheap living situation for you when you go to main campus next year. She knew exactly how to word it. And uh, so uh, she pointed me in their direction. I went to a men's night expecting some soft Christian guys, you know, and these guys were intense. I mean, we were playing ultimate Frisbee. It's not a contact sport, but they're like hitting each other. You know, one guy breaks a bone and I'm like, this is awesome. This is so good. I need this. And so got uh, involved with SPO and really it was at the first retreat, um, that was there. So I, I described that that going to mass as the kind of upheaval of my life. God turned my life upside down and say, hey, you're not rooted in anything. And then instantly provided this avenue uh, with a culture of good, grounded Catholic men that I could grow in and, and become something. And listeners, SPO is St. Paul's Outreach. It's a national uh, campus Catholic ministry that is doing some amazing things on college campuses across the country. Well, 
You know, I'm sitting here listening, Devin and I, to your story. And, uh, you know, Devin, no matter what age a, a man is, the, the journey that Mitch has just shared is, is we, often, we often experience that as men, don't we? This kind of time of, of, uh, of searching um, or even pre-searching, kind of drifting, living for ourselves. And then there comes this moment of searching and this, these moments of discovering. React a little, Devin, to what you're, what you're hearing from our young brother so far. Mitch, well, you're on fire. <laughs> That's <laughs> <Fantastic>. obvious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's great that you're part of St. Paul's Outreach because, I mean, your conversion's a lot like his. You know, I mean, it's out of nowhere. You know, you're at Mass, you know, and the unexpected happens when you're, you know, the cliche, you're knocked off your horse and God surprises you. But then <clears throat> I think it's just like with St. Paul in a way is that the St. Paul has his conversion and then he's, you know, on his own for a little bit. He eventually has to join a community and that's where we really grow and that's what's happened to you you found yeah you're researching you're trying to find answers for your roommate you're taking responsibility but then ultimately it's in this community at spo that you actually grew you know it's that so i think that god through a miraculous gift awakened you to the fact that there's something he has planned for you but then he draws you into this community and that's where the real the real growth takes place. It is with so many of us. And I think that that's what's so sad about our society right now is I was just talking with a guy yesterday. He has no community. He has no accountability. He's addicted, addicted to sexual sins and he cannot break free and he's isolated. And when we're isolated, the devil just picks us off. And so being rooted in a community of brothers, actually, it's a, it's not only accountability, but it's encouragement because we're like, I want to be like that. You know, I want to, and everybody's one-upping each other in a good way. And it helps us, like it's a platoon. We're fighting for one another and we're fighting for the Lord. So thanks be to God, Mitch. You're, Amen. You, you know, you've got a great journey. Does that make sense, Mitch? Do you see that, uh, what Devin's just shared? I certainly experienced that with men that I get to know and love and work with. Absolutely. No, I'm seeing the same thing. I mean, what was it, Mother Teresa, that said the greatest illness of our time is loneliness? Mm -hmm. And and, uh, loneliness just starts so many of these problems. I mean, if we believe what we say we believe, that we are made in the image of God, well, God is a communion of persons, and so we are literally made for community, and brotherhood is such a particular part of community that we need so bad, and so it was so helpful when I found this group of men, I mean, I could learn so much from my dad and I have learned so much from my dad. He is an awesome, holy man. Uh, but to have people my age or maybe slightly older that I could seek wisdom from, uh, men need to learn how to be men from men and women need to learn how to be women from women. And when you have those communities of, of uh, I mean, we live in a world where everybody's got this facade on via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or just walking around. I see it on campus all the time being a campus ministry that everybody's got everything put together. I have no problems, no concerns, nothing, but everybody does. And who's going to be the first one to be vulnerable in this world to show I don't have it all together. So when you have this group of people that you can go to and say, you know, the deepest questions about life, like, is there a God? Why don't I feel anything in church? You know, why do I keep going back to this sin that is just bringing me down every time? What's going on here? And then you start to have these guys and these these women for the women around them that go, oh, you too? Oh, you've been through this? Oh, we're in this together? There's a God that's on our side? That changes everything, and that brings peace and joy. And I was thinking about this on the way over to the studio. It's like we're walking around with water in a very 
parched world. And when you ha- are hydrated, you look very different and act very different than somebody that needs water. And so we, I just see God raising up these young people today that are that are full of this life-giving water. And people are looking around like, do you have water? <laughs> Can I have some? You know, because we're in a parched world and it's uh, it's a crazy one, but how blessed of a time. What a beautiful metaphor. Um, listeners that are just tuning in, uh, you are connected to here, Iron Sharpens Iron. It's a program by Catholic men for Catholic men. And each episode of Iron Sharpens Iron, we feature an on-fire Catholic man who's living out uh, the great call of being an adventurer, a disciple for Jesus Christ, uh, living out their vocation, often as a husband and father. So let's begin. Um, I want to get to to the work of St. Paul's Outreach, but I want to make sure we kind of close out a little bit on your journey and 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 especially family life, marriage. So let's let's pick up. You're you're now a student, but as uh, talk about what's happening next and kind of where the Lord sure. moved you in those those years. Sure. So I come to Ohio State main campus. I get involved with the men's environment at SPO. I go on uh, a couple retreats, really spending the first time of my life diving into my relationship with God because I just found out you can have one of those, you know, so this is cool. I don't know what that looks like, but these guys do. So I'm going to try that. And uh, and so I am just everything I'm doing involved with this organization and and God is just pouring out all of this grace and I'm just soaking it all up. I need I need more of this, more of this and and so my my major it says, you know, I graduated with a degree in economics and minored in political science, but really I majored in college ministry because I was like, you know what? I want to change the world, which is why I had a poli sci minor. I want to change the world and this seems to be the foundational way to do that is is conversion and evangelization and and so I'm soaking all this up and in that time I'm realizing uh that there is a lot of restoration that needs to be done in the foundation of who I am. And uh, so I took a, some, I took a year and a half aside with some friends of mine, very dear friends of mine. I was in small group with uh, to do a dating fast. I just cut off uh, the, the idea of dating mostly in the mindset. It was a prayerful experience this whole time. It wasn't like, I'm just not doing this. Uh, the Lord brought all of us to this. It says, Hey, dating is serious. If we're dating somebody, we're probably going to get engaged relatively quickly if it's the one. And if we're going to get engaged quickly, we'll probably get married quickly. And we're not looking to get married in the next three or four years. We're still pretty young. So let's take this time to build ourselves into somebody that we can welcome someone else into and pour out ourselves in the mission, in brotherhood, in community here, and just build up as much kingdom as possible. Let's stop there for a minute. I mean, Devin, I'm listening to a young man who has the wisdom that God has given him to kind of understand where he is in life and the power of of stop of of kind of pausing and resting to prepare for his life calling. Would, I would that all of us, uh, as we even continue wherever we are in our journey, would have those moments to really deeply wait for God to really call us to that next part of our life. Any, any thoughts on that, Devin? I just think it's awesome. I think some of us, for some of us, it would have been easier to take that fast than others. It just, <laughs> but I think that it's amazing uh, the amount of focus that you had intentionally to be the Lord's, to do His will. And yeah, I think, you know, again, like St. Paul, what did it say? He went into the desert after his conversion for how many years into Arabia, what was it, 13 or 14 years, to really prepare 
And it was there that the Lord spoke to him in the desert. And I think that, let's face it, it's in those desert trials, the aridity or the dryness, when the Lord actually is purifying us and speaking to us, I think, the most. You know, we tend to want to focus on those highlights or those great experiences, but it's in that dryness that the Lord is really cultivating the real man, because he's teaching him how to live without consolation, so he can be a strength for others during dark times and hard times. Mm -hmm. So I think, man, that's fantastic, and it probably made you a better husband in the long run. You know, Devin, I'm, I'm thinking as we maybe translate, uh, Mitch, some of what you're sharing to older men, who many of whom are listening, you know, I think, Devin, there's an app, there's a, um, your encouragement in your ministry that men enter the silence. I mean, this is a, in essence, Mitch was um, setting aside other distractions and he was entering a period of some kind of silence. Um, can you talk a little bit so that all of us older guys can kind of take what Mitch did, but find a way to apply it in our lives. I mean, we're already married, and and uh, but talk about the gift of sort of the setting aside of oneself and in the, in the daily ritual of silence, uh, morning prayer. Can you talk a little bit about that, Devin? Yeah, I think personally, our culture is bombarded by you know we're all busy, b u s y, burdened under Satan's yoke, and you know you look at this. In the Old Testament, what did Pharaoh do? He made it so the Israelites just could not even have time to really be themselves. He demanded more work and more labor and put heavier burdens on them to get those bricks and to make those bricks. And to, you know, and I think that that's the way the devil is working with us. Definitely in today's society, everything is coming at us, and we're very. And if we're not being burdened uh, by what's required of us and responsibilities, we're burdening ourselves with social media and the noise, the kingdom of noise. And it is impossible. Uh, it's not, I won't say it's impossible, but it's nearly impossible to really hear what the Lord is asking you, because as St. John of the Cross says, God's first language is silence. And so if we want to speak the language of God, we've got to stop what we're doing and enter the silence and be with him. And this is the tactic or the strategy of all the greats. And St. Joseph was among them, Jesus. He exemplifies this. It says that after he got done healing all the people in Peter's village that night before, it says that first he got up early, second he went into a desert place, and then third he prayed all morning long with the Lord, with his Father. And so that's our take, is that we got to get up, we got to fight that desire to remain in the warmth of our beds, we got to sacrifice that, then we got to go out to that tent of meeting, that place where we're going to meet the Lord, and then we pray. And when we pray, it's just not, we're not just showing up when we're going through our rote prayers. We're actually talking with Him, conversing with Him, and seeking Him and His help in our daily life. And you do enough of that. You embrace the silence and allow uh, God to speak to you, and you wait on Him, trusting that He eventually will speak to you. Your life will change. I dare any man to do it for 21 days straight to do that. Get up in the morning, go out to that desert place, and pray and listen to the Lord, I, I guarantee you, you will be a changed man within 21 days. Mitch, 
Yeah, I just I, I love this so much. <laughs> it's be, I mean, this is this is it with with men's culture. This is it with what the world's throwing at us is noise, comfort, and what that produces is passivity. I mean, if the world, if the kingdom of of the devil wants to bring down uh, the family or bring down the world, he breaks down the family. So he goes after the head of the family, and that's men. And the way that the, the world we do is the world that we live in is all about passivity and comfort just meh i'll do it tomorrow um and i think a natural response out of men when they want to change something is just to try harder you know white knuckle just do it you know whatever it is like i'm gonna pray today for an hour you know just white knuckle it and i think that it's two parts to making that change. You know, if you're finding yourself in some passivity, whenever I do this, one, I need to have my guys around me to tell them, hey, I've been lazy, I've been sleeping, I've been dropping some responsibilities to have that that vulnerability, that confession almost. And uh, the second part is, yeah, try. Try as hard as you can to make that change. But the equal uh, portion of trying is also, you know, asking for grace. I mean, God never fails to provide for our every need, period. And when it's really easy to white knuckle it and and try it ourselves, but we fail and then we get upset and then we get passive again because we already tried it. But when we equally pray for grace to uh, to be successful in those endeavors, or at least to listen to show us, you know, where God's pointing us in this or what we need to do better, uh, He pours out that grace. And <laughs> working with God is usually much more successful than doing it ourselves. <laughs> amen, amen. We've got about five or six minutes. Um, Devin, I know this young man is just uh, just sharing so much wisdom. Mitch, I, w- I want to make sure that we uh, give a little bit of time to two other aspects of the life uh, our Lord has called you to. One is I want you to share a little bit about um, your beautiful bride and your children. Yeah. Um, and then uh, maybe we'll talk uh, finally a few minutes about just as you work with young people, you know, what are you seeing? Give give some of us older guys some hope what the Lord is doing among young Catholics uh, and, and young people across the world. But I, I'd love for our listeners to share how your marriage and family life has sure. been shaped by some suffering and by some joy. And let's start there. All that in five minutes. Here yeah, we let's go. do it. Here we go. <laughs> okay. So uh, I come out of the dating fast uh, and uh, I'm running after the Lord as hard as I can. And basically I look over to my right and I see this other woman that is running after the Lord as hard as she can. And I say, hey, this is cool. Let's let's try to do this together, you know? And so uh, with some wisdom that was passed down from uh, some of the older men in my life, learned how to date well. Um, And after a a few months, many months of dating, um, got engaged, got married right after we graduated. uh, And man, she is awesome. So her name's Laura. Uh, She was uh, involved at St. Matthew's here in in Columbus. She was youth group her whole life. So kind of the the opposite of of what I was doing. And uh, we very quickly got involved involved with a, a community of Catholics here in Columbus called Cornerstone. Um, and uh, basically, this is a, a community that has small groups, as monthly praise and worship and talks together. Uh, we meet at St. Catherine's a lot, and uh, it's just a, 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 it's been a tremendously helpful community for us. And one of the greatest examples of that is um, my wife and I uh, were trying to conceive right away and uh, it was not as easy as we had hoped it was. And the every month going, not this month, not this month, was just so tough. And eventually, we, we figured out how, how to conceive, and uh, we 
came up to our next hurdle, which was how do we keep the babies around? So basically about at the uh, one and a half to two month range, uh, we started having miscarriages with, with several of our pregnancies. So we had four pregnancies that ended in miscarriage, one of which was twins. So we miscarried five over the course of four years or so. And just the, the struggle of not this month turning into not this time. And in the midst of that hardship, I mean, men are not very good at, at feeling or identifying emotions in general and how to process that. And the older you get, the more emotions are involved in any sort of circumstance. So we were, I was filled with so much joy that we had these children but also such tremendous sadness that I wasn't going to be able to see these children until, <laughs> until I have it at the end of my life. And just coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I am trying as hard as I can. I need your grace to figure out what the next step is and to be there for my wife through this whole process and to have that community around us that was in there to celebrate and mourn with us was, was huge. It was so helpful to be able to express everything that was going on and ask for some wisdom there. So eventually um, we conceive again and uh, it's going sweet swimmingly with just a lot of prayer. Uh, we're seven months into this pregnancy right now. And so we got a little baby boy uh, named Peter that's going to be arriving at the end of January, which is tremendously exciting. And uh, in the midst of all of this as well, we're, we're trying to, to buy a house and uh, the Lord opened up an opportunity. Uh, after many houses, we got beat out after they opened up a house right next to our friends. And so life is good right now. So beautiful. Devin, I think about, um, you know, just what Mitch has shared. And I think all of us as men can relate to uh, periods and times of suffering. But for the Lord to invite this young couple into the kind of suffering that they have moved through, um, pretty powerful. And his presence obviously is with them in this. Thoughts on on what Mitch has just shared? Yeah, wow. Yeah, I think that the Lord... He has special plans for you and your wife, Mitch, because when he gives that kind of suffering at an early age, um, it's very purifying. And he purifies us for a reason. As St. Paul says, the very sufferings that we undergo and the Lord helps us and is merciful to us in those sufferings, then we are able to apply that compassion to those who are experiencing similar sufferings. And so the Lord's, I, I think that one of the things with Christianity is, especially in the Protestant movement, is, you know, the four steps where you rec- you're convicted of your sins, you recognize that you are doomed to hell, yet Jesus Christ has forgiven you of your sins, so you receive him as your Savior, and all is good. But the problem is, a lot of times, then we run out and we try to make converts, and we've never tasted suffering with yeah. And so it's very difficult to convince the suffering world of a Christ who's a healer. Yeah. And But when you meet somebody who has suffered and sacrificed, see, that's I trust men who suffer and sacrifice. I believe in those guys because they've, they've lived it. They've mm. lived Christianity in the depth of their flesh, in their marriages. And, and those are the guys that actually have the greatest power to convert the world because they know the pain. Yeah. And they've lived through the pain, and they've kept the faith through the pain. And that's what you've done. You've maintained your faith, your trust in the Father, which is a fundamental baseline for everything. And that's where most of us go off the rails, is when the suffering occurs, we fail to trust God, and then we go numb ourselves with anything but Him. We're gonna, but you didn't. And yeah. so your testimony is fantastic. Praise God. We're going to have to close it right there. Mitch, we'll get you back on to a future program because we want to hear more about your ministry. Of course. But thank you so much. Listeners, this has been Iron Sharpens Iron. Have a great day. Go out and live this uh, beautiful Catholic life with courage, with love, with mercy, and with joy. Take care. <laughs>